amazing, Ronnie Adams. All right, all right okay, are you guys ready? We doing this? I guess we're live, but we better be ready. Oh, I guess I've been ready. He is ready. It's nine ten. I think it might be the earliest we've actually started a nine o'clock show, which is amazing. Why is that? Why is I, that? I purposely did not want to hijack the first hour of the show with my stupid scheduling. I'm ready to go. Let's go already. He made Praise God. He made he made a commitment to actually doing the show first, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Source Material. I am your host, Jesse Starcher, and tonight this evening, we are going to be talking a book that I've actually wanted to cover for a little while, but I've never had the chance to read it. So a few, uh, it was about a, uh, maybe a little bit less than a month ago, we were scheduling on the show, believe it or not, and oh. we <laughs> came up with the idea that we wanted to talk about Superman Red Sun. Now, for those out there who are not really adept with what DC Comics has brought to us in the past, and maybe you're a Marvel guy, you've probably heard of the issues, uh, the, the volumes of comics called What If?, which it takes a it takes a character maybe switches a little bit of continuity and tells a story about how this character either lived died or or, or how that changed their story. Uh, so me and Ronnie have covered quite a few what ifs on this podcast before. Yeah. Uh, one of our most popular episodes, as a matter of fact, it is uh, what if the alien costume had, had possessed Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, as to why it's the most popular, I don't know, but I'm very glad that a what if has made its top five it's a fantastic Uh, book yeah and i will give it that as well so tonight we're going to over to dc now dc what is their what is their equivalent to the what if series it's called elseworlds elseworlds is a it's a title where it takes it does the same concept it takes the characters and spins the continuity a different way spins the tale a different uh, a different way so superman red sun is i'm going to go ahead here and kind of give just a breakdown of the the creative team when this came out, and then I'll introduce you guys here in just a second. I know you're chomping at the bit to get in on this, but Superman Red Sun. I'm Mark. (laughs) He's Mark, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It came out in 2003, I believe, and it is a DC Elseworlds title that tells the story of Superman. Instead of landing in the United States, he lands in Russia. Now, we'll get into a lot more in detail as to what happens in the story because it's a fun story. Well, technically, he lands in the Ukraine. The Ukraine. Which is, of, which is part of the Soviet Union, but it is not the country of Russia. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I have you on here. That's Mark Radlich, ladies and gentlemen. He is going to be keeping my history straight and geography, as a matter of fact. Keeping, why keeping it straight. You, why are you harumphing? I, I did not. Ronnie Adams harumphs. Ronnie Adams. No, I, yeah, why is he harumphing? Just because you're like, actually... <laughs> Actually, it's in the it's in the country of the Ukraine, not in the- <laughs> whatever. I, I'm accurate. He's accurate. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. So this story is written by Mark Millar, which we have talked about this uh, creator on here before. Ronnie Adams, correct me if I'm wrong. Mark Millar is that Civil War? Civil War. Yep, yep. We we've talked about what occurred in Civil War. We did, didn't we? We covered Civil War on here, didn't we? Now I'm original, I'm questioning myself. It's 140 the original, episodes. The original Civil War or Civil War Two or the Civil War with Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> now now I understand why I'm getting confused. <laughs> 
Well, anyway, we've talked Mark Millar. He's def- I think he also did. I believe um, you guys covered the Civil War with Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the Blue and the Red album. <laughs> I need your Civil War. I- that's a good. That's a good album. Both of those albums are tremendous. Yes, they um, are. he wrote the Old Man Logan storyline. So yeah, um, Mark Millar's been around. Superman is a commie, written by Mark Millar, penciled by Dave Johnson, Killian Plunkett, inkers Andrew Robinson, and Walden Wong. All right, now I have a little bit of trivia, but I. I mean, I ain't going to borrow everybody or borrow. I'm not going to borrow. I'm not going to bore everybody with this. Uh, but there's a couple of things I'd like to kind of point out here that uh, number one, actor Henry Cavill cited Red Sun as one of the four Superman comics that gave him the inspiration and insight for portraying Superman in the film Man of Steel. So also Elseworlds is one of, of course, my favorite titles where we're talking what if series uh, they the annuals, all the annuals from the 1994 comics, or at least a good portion of them, were featured featured Elseworld stories. And I think I have a, quite a few of those stories as well. And Superman Red Sun clocks in on the robotsvoice.com's 10 best Elseworld stories at number six. Number one is Superman and Batman's World's Funniest. Uh, where this sounds fun Destro- during an argument between fifth dimensional M's, Mr. Mitzelplick and Batmite over whether Superman or Batman is the best superhero ever. They accidentally kill both of them. Yeah. All right. That sounds like a fun read, but anyway, we're talking red sun this evening and what we're going to do. Hey, it's typical source material format. I'm going to summarize first issue. I got a talking point, Ronnie, if he ever gets back in here after I I'm summarize, here. Hey, I'll run, I'll summarize the second issue and he'll bring up a talking point And then Mark's going to close us out we'll get out of here so here we go rock and roll issue one titled red sun rising now we all know the story of clark ken a farmer's son who grew up in kansas who found out he was from another world with superhuman abilities and grew up to be america's most powerful superhero superman but what happens when the shuttle arrived to earth just a little earlier and crash lands in the ukraine i had to strike that i said mother russia at first but it's the ukraine ladies and gentlemen in the 1930s what would our world look like then? Red Sun issue one gives you a glimpse as to how things may be when we are shown a Superman who is revealed to the world as working under Stalin for the motherland. The United States government must come up with a plan to counteract this potential threat and do so by putting a lot of resources in what be, may be the smartest scientist they know, Lex Luthor. Things are shown to be a more disparate from what we know when it was revealed he his somewhat of a strained relationship with his wife, Daily Planet reporter Lois Luther. When, Lo- when Luther's plan to create a duplicate Superman to kill the original fails, Lex Luthor begins a quest to end the Red Menace as he begins to realize Superman may be his intellectual superior. So yeah, that pisses uh, that pisses Lex Luthor right off to where he just kind of like up and leaves his wife. Hey, we're, we're I'm going on a uh, our marriage is on a hiatus right now, and then his goal is to bring down Superman, much like we see a lot of times in regular DCU right now. Meanwhile, throughout the book, the political turmoil in Russia after Stalin's untimely death leaves a vacancy. And although Superman has swore to Stalin's son, Peter, I, I'm going to just call him Peter, uh, Mark, Piotr, Piotr? Peter's fine. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not spelled like that. But yes, I have it's Piotr. 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 Peyote. Go with Piotr. <laughs> Or peyote, whatever you like. Going with Peter. Uh, All right. Although Superman has swore to Stalin's son illegitimately, an illegitimate son. His name is Paella. (laughs) Paella. Guacamole. 
Although Superman has swore to Stalin's son, Peter, that politics are not in his interest and never have been, man. Sworn to his son, Stanley. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm laughing as hard as I am because it reminds me of this uh, this bit from the Kentucky Fried movie where the guy's like, "State your name for the court." He's like, nah, 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 nah. "He's like, what is what is that you're doing? Why why are you taking that long pause?" He's like, "I was saying, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, <laughs> happy birthday, dear Stanley." <laughs> Uh, all right. So, although Superman has swore to Stalin's son, Peter, that politics <laughs> are not in his interest and it never have been, a chance encounter with a childhood friend, Lana Lazarenko, standing in line for food rations, rouses a sense in Superman, Clark Kent. No, I don't know. What is, I wonder, did they even give his actual name in here? It's definitely not Clark Kent. No, it's just Superman. It'd just Peter. be Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Peter the second, Rasputin. Food rations. Yeah. <laughs> Lana, Lana Lazarenko standing in line for food rations. It rouses a sense in our hero that a need rather to lead and fix the plight of the Russian people that depend upon him. So there you go. That's Red Sun Rising. Uh, and, and as it probably took me longer to pronounce the dude's name than actually get the synopsis out, but that's all right. So I get a talking point here. Uh, I, I mean, let's, let me bring up, let's just do this issue one. Just give me your impression. We'll start with Ronnie. What was your impression when you, f- when you first read this and you knew that Superman was going to be working for Russia or was born in Russia. When you went into this issue, what was your expectation of how Superman was going to be versus what you saw in here. Uh, did you expect anything different? Well, I'm an 80s kid, so I automatically thought he's going to be a bad guy. Okay. Because the Russians were the bad guys of the 80s. Racist. <laughs> I don't see how that applies. Did you not see Rocky 3? Right, uh, or Red Dawn? Was it 3 or 4? 3 was it's Clever Lang. Four, Thank four you. for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's offended. My goodness. Did you not see Rocky 2, Ronnie? I mean, Mark, come on. Rocky 4 ended the Cold War. We all know that. Let's move on. Mark, <laughs> I'm going to need you to calm down, sir. No. Rocky, it's 4. four Rocky 4. I every... can't believe you cannot get the numbers of these movies correct. I haven't seen a thing about Rocky. Every every Rocky knows Rocky 4 is the one with the evil Russians. That's right. I've not said a word about about the Rocky movies. (laughs) I turned it on him. Okay, it's my bad. All right, it's Rocky 4. Rocky 4. Okay, so the Russians were bad guys, so you immediately thought Superman was a bad guy. Now, what do you you think about him? What do you think about him here in the first issue? I mean, the the way he was He's the same kind of... He's the same kind of guy. Okay. Yeah, he's he's just wanting to do the best that he can and and, and help people. And I... Did you... I mean, I found that interesting. Mark, what do you, you... You see the same thing? Yeah, I thought ultimately he was the same uh, person, just instead of pushing American ideals, he was pushing Russian ideals. I actually thought super, you know, they, I, I don't want to get off on a total tangent here, but, you know, they said that if Jesus were, were born today, Jesus would have been socialist. Because, you know, if you look at what he actually believed in and the, the philosophy he was pushing. So I think actually, super, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's ronnie not mm. wanting to go down a tangent Anywho, um so i actually think that superman as we know him it uh makes more sense actually as a socialist than he does as a capitalist 
Okay. And, I, could, and, I could see that, actually. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I, yeah, okay. Ronnie is trying to mate with a beluga whale. What is your problem, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I have no problems. I'm just here to... No. Well, a comic book. Let, let you me... clearly have an issue with what I just said. What is your issue, sir? Mark, I have a lot of issues. Yeah, with, no kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I had to correct myself. Mark, can can you educate me? Just, I mean, do your best to kind of educate me on. Oh, so this was a socialist society at the time. This is the 1950s, by the way, ladies well, and gentlemen. We're talking, or not? Yeah, when this story, the first part of this story takes place, it's 1950s Russia. Russia. So go ahead. Well, give me an idea well, what the. If I remember correctly, communism is socialism is is the social structure. Communism is the is the economic is the economic structure and essentially communism was the state had control over all the resources and dispersed them equally. It didn't really work out that way, but that was, it, it really came out of the workers movement. And, you know, somebody who's, who remember, who knows more about this than, than I do could speak about it a little bit more eloquently, but essentially for, you know, for years and years and years and years, you had, you had ruled by divine right. And you had, you know, your, um, you know, you had your kings and you had your nobles and then you had your common folk and the nobles had all the resources and sort of the, the common folk got very got basically what they got out of the deal was protection from other kingdoms. Not that that's about it. And then you had sort of the capitalist revolution. You know, the United States was the what was the the, the big experiment in a Republican government and a capitalist society, capitalist uh, economy. But, you know, the problem with capitalism ultimately is that it, it's is that much like the uh, feudal societies, you have your haves and your have nots. And so ideally what you want is an, eco uh, an economic society where an, an economy where everyone gets the same and nobody is a have not. And that was supposed to be communism. It never worked out that way. Because utopian societies don't exist. Well, so, utopian societies are run by people, and people, you know, there's a right. in the in the book people, the in the book the Russians. Uh, I read this a long time ago. I think it was written in the seventies. There's a story that's told about a party member, a communist party member, and he's bragging to his mother about his new riches, and he says, "Mother, look at this dacha that you know that I was able to get, and look at this that I have, and you know, and look at these, look at look at all of these great you know things I've gotten from my wealth and my success. Mother, aren't you proud of me?" And she says, "That's." great but what i can't remember what they're actually called but she's like that's great dear but what if, essentially what if the russian revolutionaries come back you know and the the implication being that this is never what it was meant to be that you know that again even in a communist society you had haves and have nots mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that I guess one of the images from this book, I don't know much about political history when it comes to the Russians. I'm, I'm right there with Ronnie. In the 80s, you grew up thinking the Russians were the bad guy. Um, oh I, sure. And then... <laughs> 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 then the uh but I, I i can remember what i've seen when he finds lana standing in line that's one of the key things that i remember where the people standing in line i said rations i don't know if that's what it means but i assume that's kind of what it is it's where they're dividing up the food among amongst line, the man yeah amongst the people equally you had to get you know, that was your way of getting food was you didn't have to pay for it. Right. I assume it was just given to you so long as you worked and contributed in some way. Yes, that's yeah. about how it worked. OK. All right. Supposed to be how it worked. And Superman sees that and sees her standing in line and he realizes that it's 
at that point, he needs to fix things because not everybody's living up to the potential that he clearly sees that they should be. These people should not be standing in line just for bread. Essentially, if you're talking about what the, the epiphany Superman has is he sees his girlfriend, you know, having to stand on this line and he doesn't want her to have to suffer. But, you know, he can't just give to her and yeah. not to everybody else. So he was like, all right, I'll just, control." you know, despite the fact that I don't really want to be in control of the party, I will take control because then I can make sure that everybody gets the same. And that nobody suffers. That's essentially what happens. There's been plenty of stories told about Superman. Not only, I'm not talking Elseworlds stories. I'm talking about regular DC stories where he runs into a situation where he can't save everybody. In this story, he goes into, right here's the point where he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to save everybody. I'm going to do my best to try and save everybody that I can. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, this is, the thing about Superman is, it, that's consistent in whatever else world. I mean, because you can consider the injustice world an else world story, right? That's that's separate from the main DC continuity. Sure. And you have the same problem, right? It's he it, it's he is hurt by the fact that he was tricked into killing Lois and that Metropolis was blown to smithereens by the Joker and Harley Quinn. So he was like, well, I'm just going to solve crime by my because I'm Superman. I'm the man of steel. I'm perfect. I'll just go and end crime. And Batman's like, you can't do that. He was like, the hell I can't. And rips Joker's spine out of his out of his body. Yeah, cannot yeah. wait to talk about that. You know what I mean? But I mean, but that but to me, that's been the consistent thing with. And that's what I love about the story. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but eventually we're going to get to Batman in the in the Red Sun story arc. There can't be a Superman without a Batman. And Batman's always been the tempering influence on Superman. Superman, you know, he's always the guy who thinks I can do anything because I'm invulnerable. And he never thinks I'm every he never thinks it through. Yeah. He, he never sees the result of interference. What yeah, what he is doing, what he's doing. Uh all right. Good discussion there. Do you guys uh unless you guys have anything else, we'll go ahead and move on to issue two. I'd like to hear Ronnie's thoughts on Jesus and socialism. <laughs> they are are they many, Ronnie? Are <laughs> Yeah. Many thoughts. I'm Many not, te- thoughts. How about, I'm not how about, teasing you. I'm trying to get you to talk. How about, how about, a, you know, well. It depends on the situation that the person is in. It depends on the society. If Jesus were to come back and rule this earth, yes, money and everything wouldn't matter anyway. Because at that point, he would be, in, you know, he would be ruling the earth. Technically be a social socialist society. Because I've always stood by the my idea of socialism and communism cannot work because they are ruled by men and men are fallible. Okay. A communist society and even a socialist society will end up in a dictatorship no matter what. I don't believe that their idea, I think that they are wonderful in, well, to a point, I think that they are a wondrous idea of, of everyone being equal and everything, but that's never going to work in this fouled up world. Yeah. Never going to work. So in my view of Jesus, if he were here, the world would be perfect anyway, because he would be taking care of it. We wouldn't have the need for labels such as socialism, communism, capitalism, Republican, Democrat, communist, whatever, because it wouldn't matter. All right. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move on to issue two. Here we go. Ronnie, you got a talking point for this one. So here we go. This is issue two, Red Sun Ascendant. All right, now we we fast forward to 1978. This last 
This last story we talked about was in the 50s, so we're about 20 20 to 30 years forward a little bit here. Now ruling Russia, Superman still has to deal with the evil genius of Lex Luthor, who has since, with the assist of Brainiac, bottled the city of Stalingrad. Rescuing the bottled city and swiftly defeating Brainiac, detaching his central core from his ship, Superman returns home. Superman is still a man of virtue, as even though he could easily kill his enemies, he does not do so. Not only that, unrest has also been sparked in Russia by a costume vigilante by the name of Batman, inspiring many people into rebellion against the authority of the Russian government. Now, I keep saying Russian. Mark, am, am I correct in, still in using that terminology, or is it known by something Soviet else? government. Soviet? Okay. All right. So if I say Russian, ladies and gentlemen, just trust me. I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. Well, the thing is, again, I'm not, I, I have well, no idea about... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I say words, and I mean something else. Um... <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, rebellion against Batman, leading people, uh, inspiring many people to rebel against the Soviet government. The head of the KGB, uh, Stalin's son, Peter. Peter. Who has been, who's been very jealous and mistrusting of Superman for quite some time, actually seeks out Batman. His gambit is to supply Batman with knowledge given to him by Lex Luthor to defeat Superman. Taking Wonder Woman hostage, Batman <coughs> swings into action only to have his plan fail as Wonder Woman escapes, freeing Superman from being bathed in continuous red solar energy. In order to free herself, though, Wonder Woman, at the insistence of Superman, broke her own lasso, which had a very ill effect on her mental state. Before killing himself, Batman reveals who gave him the information, sending Superman back to confront Peter and fit him for a mind-altering device devised by Superman that criminals have to wear to make them more obedient. Meanwhile, in the U.S., Lex Luthor and President JFK enact another plan. President JFK, ladies and gentlemen, this is 1978. Things have changed. President JFK enact another plan to attempt to destroy Superman by using the remnants of a ship that crashed in Roswell. Using something alien to defeat an alien, uh, that, that, that's the plan. The ship came with what Lex Luthor devises is a weapon. And that weapon, a green lantern ring. All right, so that's issue two, Ascendant, Red Sun Ascendant. Let's go back to my point uh, that I made earlier, that a communist or a social society cannot exist because a man is always going to be in charge of them. Okay. And man is fallible. Do you think that's where he was going with this? That's the road he was going down with the, you know, the control, you know, the mind control devices and everything else, uh, controlling what people think and how they think and and what they do, even though they're a criminal. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I here's what I said to Jesse when uh, he he brought this up because you know we were talking about the book you know, as he was reading it a couple of days ago, and I said you know the uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. And I think what you have here is a Superman who had every intention of wanting to do great for society. You know, he absolutely wanted to create a situation where th those who were, let's say, normal, those who were good people, quote unquote, mm -hmm. could exist in society and get what they need and not suffer and, and li live a fulfilling life. And those who couldn't fit into that box would be altered so they could fit into that box. He didn't see the moral problem with that. I mean, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, I'm Superman and basically, you know, I will pound all the round pegs into round holes. And if you should happen to come across a square peg, I have nothing. Nothing can stop me from pounding it into this into the 
you know, into the circular hole. I'll make it fit. I can make it fit because I'm Superman. He's never confronted until the very end with the idea of morality and all of that. You know, it's essentially like, you know, I, I, I can do something. So why don't why don't I? There's no one there to kind of stand in front of him and say, yes, but have you thought about the moral implications of what you're doing? It's never a question of if I should do something. It's just that I can, so I will. Right. And, and again, that goes back to Batman being sort of the tempering influence of, you know, he, he he is mortal. He has had to confront those moral quandaries. And so he, you know, he is there to, to essentially humanize Superman. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I don't really understand, and maybe you guys picked up on it and can enlighten me, uh, but uh, Ronnie, you talk about the man being infallible that's running the government, okay? Now, we have a Superman that's in in charge of uh, the people at this time. In these two stories that we have, the, the two issues that we have so far, we got one to go. What what did Superman do exactly to make people upset? Is that ever, I mean, is there something that... He took away their freedom. Hey, the more they change, the more they stay the same. They may have their food and everything, but they have no freedom. Okay, so freedom to do what? I mean, I didn't see, other than the criminals that had okay. these they re- devices. So they really, they on, really did have freedom to begin with, but... Let me tell you about Jello Biafra, okay? Jello uh, Biafra is the singer of the Dead Kennedys, and Jello Biafra talked about... The, the rise in the uh, interfering government. It, it's really funny to, to hear like Republicans don't, you know, re- Republicans say that they, they don't believe in a government that should interfere in choice, you know, and Democrats are all about interfering in choice. But really, both parties create laws that interfere in individual choice. It's just depending on what the choice happens to be. So, for example, you have Republicans who love to make laws limiting abortion because they don't like it. Meanwhile, you have Democrats who love to make laws limiting guns because they don't like it. And in both cases, the, the, the moral argument applies of, well, we're, do, we're, we're making these laws limiting choice because that's what's best for, for, that's what's best for people. What Jello Biafra was talking about when he started to complain about these things in his spoken word albums, and this goes all the way back to like the early 90s, you know, in the uh, the Clinton administration or even even the late 80s with uh, George W. Bush, with George Bush Sr., is he and I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of he wanted like, I want to make noise. You know, I want to be I want to have the freedom to make mistakes without the government being on top of me trying to stop me. You know, mm-hmm. we, you and I talked about this, Jesse, with Archangel when we discussed Black Mirror season four about the, you know, as a parent, as painful as it might be, you have to let kids fall on their face. You have to, you know, scrape knees and, you know, and bloody elbows and, and, and such are a part of growing up as a child. It's how you, it, it's how you learn. It's how you, you learn from making mistakes. It's the same can be said for society at large to, to point to another thing that we talked about. Boy, we've been talking about a lot of things that coincide <laughs> with one another. Um, you know, the, uh, the conversation we had about mad idolatry when we discussed the Orville mm. is, you know, is that a society has to go through growing pains. And I don't want to rehash the discussion of the usefulness of religion or the non-usefulness of religion. That's not what I want to do right now. Though, if you want to hear us have that discussion, it's in the TV party tonight for the Orville. (laughs) Three hours! Three hours on on a Seth MacFarlane show. Um, Peter, I... kind of ridiculous, but... (laughs) Peter, I have a mammogram in the morning. Anyway, um... (laughs) 
<laughs> but now you know we we talk about how a society will, will the societies tend to evolve in a, you know in a certain way to try to stop them to try to stop the pain of those evolutions is to is to interfere with the natural order of things mm-hmm. and to me that's a lot of what red sun was about it was about you know superman sort of interfering in the natural order of of earth and having to learn the lesson of needing to stand out of the way and let earth have its due let earth have its scraped knees and bloody elbows and let it you know let it learn to get to where it needs to go well i don't want our listeners to think that you know superman is just going around and conquering these countries the united states has lived separately from uh, the rule of Superman and Superman's let it. Now, I, I don't know if it's here, if it's yeah, in the he next talks issue. About, he talks Go about ahead. wanting to, you know, wanting to win by winning the argument. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Which I think is, no, which I think is noble. But again, you know, he also stands apart from humanity because he's invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I do want to slide this in there before we go to the next issue. But Ronnie, you talk about, again, an infallible person, you know, trying to take over and bestow this ideology amongst uh, all the people and, and institute the ideology. I honestly think issue two is a it's an argument for why people would not be happy with it in the first place. It's an argument against what Superman is bringing. Uh, clearly, that's what Batman is doing. That's why rebellion is happening. People are not happy with the way things are and how this it may be Superman's idea. Are we still saying that Superman is a socialist at this point in time? You, you would would you say so, Mark, in, in 78? Yeah, hardcore socialist. So borderline despot. This I, I think issue two is an ex, uh, it's an example of how people, even though they may be well taken care of and their society is 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 very happy, they're upset with that whole. It's an argument against socialism and why people would not like it. But again, I think we just kind of we we obviously just talked about that whole uh, government interfering and and telling them what to do. I mean, whether it be. A capitalistic government like we, or I guess, as, uh, yeah, a, a capitalistic society like we are, we still don't like our government coming in and saying those things. Just like just like you alluded to, Mark. The most common phrase among Americans is leave us the hell alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's in here or maybe the next one. Yeah. Yeah. One of the quotes from I think it's near the end of uh, issue two. He he says, I offered them a utopia, but they fought for the right to live in hell. I mean, that yeah. was pretty powerful, powerful stuff. But all right. So we'll go ahead. We'll get into issue three here. Now, we fast forward again to 2000, I think 2001. Now, Superman, with the assistance of the reformed Brainiac, has become a ruler, uh, has become uh, even more of a ruler of the world as other people, uh, other nations are joining uh, along with the Soviets here. Uh, but he's become a ruler uh, of these nations, yet still the United States is out from under his thumb. But the virtue of Superman keeps him from invading. Attempts to restore the bottled city of Stalingrad still remain unsuccessful, and Superman has never recovered from this. After a lengthy absence, Lex Luthor reemerges as a hope for the war-torn United States and becomes president, turning the great nation around. His efforts are still aimed at, def- at defeating Superman and the new formed Green Lantern Corps 
Corps of the United States are going to do just that. Lois Luthor also gains the trust and allegiance of Wonder Woman, whose love for Superman has turned near hate after he asked her to sacrifice her lasso during the run-in with Batman. When the all-out attack happens, Superman stands tall, defeating everyone that is thrown at him. I mean, it's just like, it's nothing to Superman. And he, <laughs> I love it because the writer makes that known. Like, I mean, there are, I don't know, a thousand Green Lantern Corps, which, by the way, this isn't the Green Lantern Corps that everybody's used to, where it's a bunch of interplanetary systems or whatever coming together. This is technology that Lex Luthor has derived from the ring to empower a, a basically an army to go up against Superman. But And he wipes out everybody. Even when he goes up against Wonder Woman, he begs her not to do this. And uh, he, I think he ends up blinding her or something. Uh, so he defeats everybody that's thrown at him until he meets Lois at the White House, who tells him about the letter Lex left him as a final means of defeat. Upon reading the letter, Superman breaks down. The page reads, why don't you put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? Realizing that although his motives were pure, he was no different than the alien that handed him his worst defeat. Brainiac then appears and attacks, but he has forgot about one thing. Lex Luthor, who was able to control, uh, able to take control at the Fortress of Solitude, but not before he activated a self-destruct sequence that only one person can stop from harming others in the area. Superman grabs Brainiac's ship, flies into space, and is caught in this enormous explosion after the self-destruct sequence hits zero. But not before grinning. This is this this is such a weird. It's such a crazy part of the whole book. You know, right before it explodes, he grins and he says, "Well played." Uh, and he's talking to Lex Luthor at this point in time. Now back on Earth, time goes on. Lex Luthor becomes a successful president slash world leader. His lineage goes on, but there is a familiar person that remains in the shadows, giving us this epilogue: Superman, who is still alive. We are then told the story of an of all the influential Luthers as Earth existence carries out, where finally thousands, maybe millions of years in the future, as our sun becomes larger and redder, it begins to threaten the Earth. As the world falls into chaos and turmoil, one voice for humanity is a descendant of Lex Luthor. And his attempts to sway the government into understanding their time is coming to an end and action needs taken go unheard. In a last-ditch effort, the father, who goes by the name of Jor-letter L, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, Jor-L, puts his infinite, or infinite, his infinite son, not his infant son, his <laughs> infinite son, which actually is kind of appropriate here. <laughs> he puts his infant son, Cal-L, in a rocket to send back through time to try and change humanity for the better. So there we go. <coughs> Superman. Well, you Red forgot Sun an important Sun. detail there is that the, that the spaceship then lands in the Ukraine. That's right. It goes right back in and lands in the Ukraine. Thank you, Mark. Where, where's that at again? It's not, it's not Russia, right? It's the Soviet union. And might I add my opinion oh. of the book ending, ending where it begins in this uh, circular event of uh, Superman landing in the Ukraine. Yay! Oh, no, no. Get no. out of here. No. Yay! Shove it up. No. Negative. Shove it up. Shove it up. <laughs> okay, so you've got talking point. First thing I want you to address, sir, is why don't you like the ending? Yes, Mark, tell us why you're yeah, wrong. Yeah, you can't come. Yeah, call it gay, and then you turn around and can't, can't back up your statements. I, I most certainly can. You just do you feel it's hackneyed or something? Do you just not like that whole infinite loop yeah, thing? Where I would you like, like it to end it? I end didn't it like the end. end. <laughs> <laughs> I it. Much like this is not ending. I tell you what, man, I can't talk tonight. Go ahead, Mark. 
I was not a fan of the infinite loop idea in this story. I mean, I really, really loved the everything this book had to say, and I loved the entire storyline right up until that point. I didn't. First of all, it doesn't make any sense because you know Superman's story is that he came from Krypton that blew up thousands of galaxies away, and he happened to have landed on Earth that had a yellow sun. And depending on which version of the Superman origin you take from, it was either an accident or it was purposeful that he landed on a planet that would have a yellow sun. So it would give him an advantage, seeing as he was an infant without his parents. In this particular case, they're saying that there is no Krypton, that it's always been Earth, and that he just came from the future and went back in time. First of all, as we all know, time travel is gay. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> now, now he's just poking at me. I'm not. I, I'm not. You know, it's refreshing though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sit there and grin, Ronnie Adams. Uh, Ronnie Adams is like, oh good, it's not me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you could see Ronnie right now, he just pulled popcorn from underneath his chair yeah. and yelled, "Go!" Um, I am that Michael Jackson gif. <laughs> yes, whatever you say, gif, sir, on this podcast. Gif. Sorry. Uh, here you go. I forget. I forget which company I'm in. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. I just it doesn't make sense. Superman's supposed to be an alien. He's not supposed to be an Earthling. What they're what they're basically saying is none of that's true. He's really just he, no. Some- that that is not what they're saying here. It's an Elseworlds title. It's something that this is. You, you, I don't give a shit where I don't give a it's shit. It's Elseworlds. It. The yeah, whole point a- of this is to tell a story that's different from DC it, continuity. It was different enough with just him landing in the Ukraine instead of Kansas. Well, okay, I'll give you that it feels like they threw a lot at you right at the end. Like, oh, hey, he's a Lex Luthor is not only that, you know, now what you're looking at is Lex Luthor is actually Kal-El's like whatever to the 50th. They actually I think they said 50th power, but it's his grandfather, uh, which is kind of crazy. So his his biggest challenge, both of their biggest challenge was they was you know, they, they had that relationship that they'd had no idea about, which I thought was pretty dang cool. Uh, but yeah, they do throw a lot at you. Oh yeah. Time travel. And uh, yeah, he's related and here's all. And Lex Luthor goes on to be a, a great person who, who is evil. Yeah, don't he seems so I evil. Was, Go ahead. I was fine with all of that. I was fine with, with the idea of Lex Luthor kind of getting the, the ultimate, you know, ultimately going over Superman and winning in this universe, you know, to where, you know, Superman is seen Superman is, the villain and the Luthers are seen as the great heroes who saved humanity from the despot from the despot alien. Oh, but he's not a fucking alien. He's an he's an actually a human who somehow got superpowers from the same sun that everybody else is getting. Now hold he on, no powers from how the fuck does that make sense? The sun is red in the future. That has apparently weakened. I don't know. You have no idea what it would be yeah, like. The, the, generation the, the, the sun. sun. The sun is transgendered. Fine, I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and away goes the popcorn. <laughs> the sun went from yellow to red for no good reason. No, this is horseshit. No uh, longer fun. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I, I will back away. You've had your say about the time travel ending. Was there was that the biggest the the biggest thing you wanted to talk about here? Or was there anything else in the third issue that you feel is important enough to bring My up? Heart- my heart actually breaks for 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 I said Batman because I'm also looking at Amazon wishlist stuff, but I'm not I'm not scheduling I'm not scheduling. Um, 
<laughs> I'm not. I, I actually felt my heart broke for Superman because, again, you know, he's the best kind of villain. He's the one who thought he was in the right. He was doing what, you know, again, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. All he wanted to do was, you know, was help his fellow man. And he's terrible at it. Yeah, I kind of you know? buried I buried it a little bit because we just went straight into the epilogue as to what happened. But yeah, that dude, when I'm sitting there reading and he does his x-ray vision on that note that's in Lois's pocket and he reads that sentence about how, you know, why don't you just put the whole world in a bottle? And yeah, I, that was I get, that hit, man. I was like, oh, damn. Right. You know, like he 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 has one of those like if this was a Daffy Duck cartoon or something, his jaw would have like hit the floor. <laughs> you know, like he realized what a heel he was. You know, and even and even take a drink, even in like the wrestling parlance, you know, he's a really bad guy. He's done everything wrong. You know, and he and he did it because he thought he was doing the right thing. You know, my my heart broke for that character, you know, because he, he realized how wrong he was and and, and, it, and like, it was just too far gone for him to kind of do anything about it. You know, like I said, this was an Elseworld tale where everything gets turned on its head, including the fact that in the end, Lex Luthor is your hero. Um, and then and then it gets ruined with the stupid time travel. Thing. All right, then. Ronnie Adams, what do you think, Aaron? What do you think of the story there, Ronnie? Hit the bullhorn again. Hit the bullhorn again. <laughs> well, uh, here, my thoughts on the whole story. Um, break the knob off. <laughs> yes. No, the ending was definitely a surprise. Um, I'm not saying I wasn't a fan or was a fan. It was different. I like different. Was there some parts in this? Was there some parts in here you didn't like? No, as far as no, no, I I love the story. In fact, I got a gift, uh, a gift card for um, in in stock trades and I bought it because it's it's. I love this trade or I love this story. And um, the ending is, is a little different for me. And um, I wouldn't say that. Are you, I was going to say, are you, are you upset about the time travel as well? No, 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 not at all. It was just like, huh, I didn't see that one coming. I just never really gave it much thought other than it's just like, it was just different. I mean, and different can be good. It was a, it was a, it was a good take on the story. It was something that nobody else has done, so I enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you say I liked the ending. The story as a whole, I love because to me, it just kind of backs up my whole argument that I have, a, a, you know, about uh, socialism and communism, and it also brings the humanity to Superman because the entire time he's here on this earth, he just wants to be seen as a man too. And um, if I, if I'm wrong, let me know about that. He's, he, you know, he has these fantastic powers, but he's also, he's a man. Earth is his home. Yeah. You know, he may be Kryptonian, but Earth is his home. So he, for all, for all arguments, he is a human. You know, he's a man. This goes in the argument of, yeah, Superman's just a dude. He's just a man. And he can be corrupted by his own power, if not kept in check. Yeah, and, and he, he wasn't ahead. kept in check. He was handed the, you know, the, the key to the city and, you know, t- keys of the castle said, do what you want. And while he was doing his best, what he thought was his best, he actually was kind of ruining these, which is, you know, goes towards human nature. A lot of times we mean the best, but we're just ruining stuff. At no point throughout this book did I say, oh, Superman, you, you, the, 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 what you just did is wrong. I mean, he's still the virtuous kind of guy, just like you said on the outset, Ronnie. This is this is a guy that has good morals. 
He wants to help mm-hmm. people. It's it, he feels it's his duty to help people, and that's and he was I, helping people the only way he knew how. But he wasn't taking in the he wasn't taking into account that no matter how much you help people, you, there you can only help people if they want to be helped. Yeah, and. <laughs> I mean, the people have the opportunity to be happy here, and clearly, let me. Um, they're going to find something. Go ahead. Let, let me give you a an let me example. Argue, Ronnie. <laughs> All right, Captain Sensitive, relax. Um, <laughs> uh, you know my secret, my secret <laughs> identity, secret power. <laughs> Let's think about the parent that does the science project for the kid. Versus the parent that's there to make sure they don't set themselves on fire with with the blowtorch, but doesn't that's, do it for them. That's the best part. You know? <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's it's you know the kid brings home the project, and then there's a the parent that just do it for them. The kid learns nothing except you know except that they can manipulate their parent into doing things for them. The kid gets nothing out of the project and the parent just gets aggravated versus, you know, the parent that is there to supervise, but ultimately makes the kid do the work themselves mm-hmm. and pass or fail. The kid at least gets the, the the lesson of having doing for themselves out of it. You know, it's it's been the classic societal you know, ever ever since the um, not the great society the what what preceded the great society uh the new deal there's been the question of how much government do for people mm-hmm. you know we were a lift yourself by your own bootstraps and you know uh kind of society prior to the new deal except that people were jumping out of fucking windows during the great depression and you know and there were lines that that you know there were there were bread lines and and food lines and everything else here in the united states for you know at least a little bit of time you know prior to world war ii and, and that was the whole thing with the New Deal was we're not going to let people slide into abject poverty anymore. We're gonna, you know the government's going to help out. And then there's the argument of yes, but if you do too much for people, then they won't do for themselves. We're still having that argument now. It's the idea of should we provide a basic income guarantee for people? Well, if you do that, then who would work? And no matter how many times the argument shows that people would still work, people would still, you know, need to find a reason to 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 exist, a reason to live, some sort of meaning in their life, whether through traditional work or work or newly defined work, you'll still have people arguing, no, no one will do anything. Everyone will just sit home and smoke pot. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not to that extreme. It's not that I, I believe that it's not to that extreme that everybody's going to just sit home and get high, but people are just going to sit and they're going to take advantage of the system. Then people do that now. You know, I, I yeah, come from, you know, you don't think there are, there are just as many people out there who would still continue to work or, or again, you know, we have to be careful with how as we progress as a society. No, I don't. You think eventually everyone will just throw their hands up and do nothing. We're inching closer to idiocracy every day. Even in idiocracy, people work, people did stuff. Barely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun conversations we I'm have about start, comic books I'm right here. I think, I, think I won that round. I'm <laughs> going to start break the knob off. Um, I'm going to start spamming you with all of the studies that say you're wrong, by the way. How, oh, how do you feel, Mark? Uh, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm backed up by statistics, and you're uh, just a race, and you're backed up by racism. <laughs> Apparently, how you- am I? Ra- you have called me a racist multiple times on this show. How am I racist? Uh, you hate Ru- you hate Russians and the basic Soviets. income guarantee. You hate Soviets. That's not racism, and I, I hate neither. <laughs> uh, you hate Ukrainians. You're a bad, yeah, whatever racist. <laughs> 
I hate both of you now. Oh, now. You know, as a society, there's a commentary here for people resenting, you know, not only just the authoritative figure saying he's watching you, which, by the way, has that has that has that showed up here on my pictures yet? Because I need to share that one. That's a good one. There you go. Not only that, do they do they resent that person that's authoritative and, and telling them what to do or doing it for them, whatever. Uh, but you also have people that are always going to resent even just the handholding, even just the person that says, here, let me help you. Even just that bit of supervision, no matter what, we're going to be unhappy, whether you're under a socialist society, capitalistic society. There's always going to be something there that is is going to go up against the government. No, you'll, um, you'll be happy if you have a basic income guarantee. Oh, dear God. OK, I'll take your word for that. Mark, Rattles. go back to Russia. You call me. <laughs> <laughs> whatever racist uh, it's not racism <laughs> stop, stop being racist against socialism oh my gosh <laughs> you sound about like half these people that argue on youtube wonderful all right okay so yeah yeah you say wonderful <laughs> I, I i i'll give my final thoughts here on on the book itself you know, I have not read this up until over the weekend. This is the first time I've had the chance to sit down and read Red Sun. It's been out for quite a while. A lot of people have talked about it and said it's a great story. Benjamin J. Cologne just chimed in and said this was the best story that Mark Millar wrote, uh, or the last best story that Mark Millar wrote. Uh, and I'll, I'll agree, it's a very good story. We have a great ending to this. You know, that that reveal I'm pulling for Superman throughout this. There's nothing in here that he does that is bad. There's nothing that, that makes me think that Superman's an evil guy. He's trying to help everybody, just like we want to see him do in the regular DCU. We want to see him save people. We want to see him be the Superman that he is. The problem like is the very much against <laughs> Superman. Yeah, apparently so. You know, it's it's a great bit of a tale to make you still pull for the guy who ends up being the villain in the end. Uh, I would I have no problem recommending this for anybody that's listening. I know we just spoiled the crap out of it, but there's still some elements in here that uh, throughout this story that are uh, that are kind of uh, I, I didn't bring up. It's worth a read. One hundred percent. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else you'd like to discuss? You know, call each other any other insults, anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Get one more racist in there. No. Socialist, uh, Um, commie, something um, like that. For me, it boils down to the old adage. Teach a man to fish, and you'll feed him for life. Give a man a fish, he'll eat Give for a man a fish, eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for life. Yep. And that's what it boils down to. He wasn't teaching these people to fish. He was just handing it to them. That's a good, that's a good analogy. And like they eventually, you know, just like any other, you know, you know, human being, they're going to turn around and bite the hand that feeds them because we are a spiteful, ungrateful person. You know, as as a whole, uh, people as a whole. And you're like, Ronnie, you're really bleak. No, Jimmy, look, uh, if you treat a person like an infant, they're going to act like an infant. And by by giving them everything that they need, want and desire, you're treating them like an infant. And eventually they're just you know going to get so used to you handing everything to them. They're going to want everything handed handed to them. Um, and they're going to want their cake and eat it too. It's one of those things where, you know, you can't do everything for everybody and expect them to be happy 24 seven. They're going to have to learn to work for themselves. On the other hand, I, I, there we go. (laughs) No, (laughs) on the other hand, I think about if I may, may, and I'm, let me ask Jesse, Jesse, can I play my cancer card for just one moment? Sure. Okay. 
So I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't, you know, I'm not a smoker. And to my knowledge, they haven't discovered a reason why lymphoma exists and happens to people. It just does. I at least, so, so, so for the moment, to my knowledge, I haven't done anything in this world and my life to have deserved getting lymphoma. Okay. Yet, yet, under certain circumstances, in order to get the treatment I needed to live... And and to keep on living and to keep providing for my family, you know, if I hadn't if I hadn't had the insurance that I had, and quite frankly, the parents to help me out where I needed to, I would have gone into bankruptcy paying for my cancer treatment. It and I, and I bring this up because I recently now it, it turns out I didn't have to pay the bill. Um, they they had done the billing wrong, but I got like an eight hundred dollar bill just for a CAT scan. Which would have been difficult for me to pay. Not impossible, but difficult. You know, we're a middle class family and it's not always easy to pay, you know, high bills. What I'm pointing to here is it's very easy to sort of point at somebody and say, you deserve whatever, for the, because of the choices that you made, you deserve whatever consequences befall you. And the government or anybody else shouldn't be there to protect you from your own stupidity. But what if I didn't do anything wrong? And something horrible happened to me anyway. Are we saying that even in those circumstances, those people deserve to suffer? I deserve to suffer. I deserve to die. And I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not trying, and I'm, and I'm being serious when I say that. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad, you know, or to be like, well, we didn't mean you specifically, but I mean, but I'm using myself as an example. But this happens to millions of people all the time, you know, whether it's a car accident or some or some other kind of accident or illness or whatever. Things happen to people that are out of their control through no fault of their own and are not in a position to to pay for the tools and resources and medicines to help them get better. And that is where the government is supposed to step in. Or are we saying they shouldn't and those people should just die? And I'm not asking for anyone to step up right now and, and comment on that. I'm saying that is the argument. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, when you look at something like Red Sun, I think in its own sort of comic booky fictional way, it is commenting on that sort of thing that, you know, that super, you know, super, both Superman and Lex Luthor provided situations where there was no disease. There was no consequences for people's actions. People lived forever. You know, those were all those were all seen as utopian ideals that became that, that, that became realities. It was the it was the manner in which they got there that was the debate. But no, at no point would, does the author say either one of those outcomes is bad. That's true because what we see is the struggle that Superman has to undergo, and watching his society that he portray or he brought up almost rebel against him in some in some shape or form. But then, just like you said, Lex Luthor Lex Luthor does the same thing, and it you know after time it's. It's it is the utopian society that everybody wants. Wonder if it's like maybe a commentary of when does somebody have to win that argument in order for it to actually take hold? Uh, because they do play upon just like you know Superman's flying out into space with that bomb and he smiles and he tells Lex Luthor, "Well played." Somebody finally wins the argument and now all of a sudden things are starting to fall in line. Ah, interesting discussion. Yeah, healthcare is just a completely different argument for me. I hear you. Um, there was a time, my dad, when I was 18, my dad had a heart attack and he was out of work, you know, being the primary breadwinner of our family. He was out of work for six months. And that was the, the least. They told him six months could be longer. 
you know, he had to pay for, you know, the hospital bills, the treatments, the tests, the, you know, not treatments, but, you know, you know what I mean? Medicines, the tests, the the whole nine that has to go along with the heart attack. Now, while it's not exactly cancer treatment, and, you know, and I'm not comparing it to that, there's no, there's no comparison going into anything. You know, we were, we were in a hard way for a while. We didn't know how bills were going to be paid and things like that, but um, we had the insurance, we had the, you know, the everything, everything going on that was supposed to be there yet we still had a hard way to go mm-hmm. so i understand that now that that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is are people that are blatantly taking advantage of the system and i'm talking about not just healthcare, but ooh, ronnie uh, you're about to say it i come from a state where uh where uh well, it's it's a constant argument is welfare being taken advantage of because people legitimately just don't want to work. I think I think welfare is a, you know, uh, food assistance programs, things like that. I think that is a wonderful thing. I really do, because it does help people that actually need it. But there are some people that take advantage of that system and see it as a as a way out of having to go to a nine to five or work a job that they don't want to work. It's taken advantage of every day. And that's kind of where that's the kind of the point I was trying to make. Because as I said, healthcare is a completely different, a completely different argument with me. You can make you can make the argument, or not you, not you all specifically, but someone can make the argument of, well, it shouldn't be. It should fall in line with in line with with everything else. And I don't think it should to a point, but I, I, I understand that point of view. It, it, it's one of the things where we could have gotten on that assistance if we needed, you know, we needed to, but we never did. Because my dad is, <laughs> my dad was like, "No, we're good. We'll we'll make it." I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> it just so happened. I think my, you know, my uncle had a lot to do with us being okay because he owned a grocery store at the time. But, <laughs> but I will never, you know, I I don't know that for a fact, you know. And um, and but, I will, I will okay. never know that for a fact. But before you jump, before you jump in, Jesse, what Ronnie is doing, and he has every right to do so, and certainly a lot of people I've known in my life have done the same thing, is making a more judgment about people essentially because of x you don't deserve y and he has the right to to make that i just i i personally this is a this is a very personal thing for me and despite the fact that there's a political test that i just took on facebook that says i'm a right-leaning centrist this is what makes me in the eyes of my, a lot of my co-workers out to be a a tree-hugging panty-waist liberal uh, that is i have <laughs> I have gotten to a point where I don't find, and again, this isn't a knock in any way, shape or form on Ronnie, because it's, because again, it's not like he's the only one that feels this way, but I have gotten to the point in my lifetime where I just don't see the value in making moral judgments on people to the point where you say, you know, they don't deserve. I stopped caring. It's it became it became more of an issue for me. It became a more of are are you in need or are you not in need? Not whether or not you deserve the help. Well, it's not a it's not a deserve thing for me because I don't deserve anything that I have. Okay, in my opinion, I don't deserve it because. Uh, but but in a, in a sense of that, I have worked and I have you know. Um, I made difficult decisions in my life to buy my home, to buy my car, to live the way that I do. And I'm not saying that if I did it, then why shouldn't everybody else have to do it? I'm saying, you know, 
I, I have made those difficult decisions, you know, of, of switching careers and emptying out my savings to buy a home when I and, and making a budget and planning and knowing what I was going to get paid to pay that back. And then all of a sudden the money's not there because the company I work for decided to cut my commission that I was making by 70%. Okay. I apologize uh, if, if, if I misinterpreted you, but I will tell you that that's, that's often what I get confronted with. Right. Is, I don't believe, I don't believe it's a deserved thing. I believe it's a, I don't think I would appreciate what I have if I hadn't worked for it. I I, I think where I'm, what I'm trying to say is I stopped. In other words, let's just for an example. So I, I don't know if I'm explaining myself right, but the thing with drugs is for, as an example is we say, well, drugs should be illegal because drugs are bad. And even though some people want to do drugs, we as a society should stop them from doing so because ultimately it's a terrible thing to do. And I long ago stopped caring about that. That if, you know, that I, I stopped filling the need to get involved in other people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to the point where as long as they're in re- as long as they're not directly harming anyone else, go smoke all the pot you want. I don't care anymore. Stay in a basement, shoot dope, stay out of my kid's way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and stay off my that. lawn. Don't toilet paper my bushes. Thank you. But, but, by the same, <laughs> <laughs> but by the same token, I don't think they should starve to death and die either. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, to, to take it back to like the basic income, for example, one, I one statistics bear out. And I firmly believe also that there would be a contingent of people who would always work and who would never need the basic income guarantee that, you know, it just wouldn't be worth it for them. Um, there are always people who are going to contribute to arts and that's a kind of work. There are always people who are going to be caretakers and that's a kind of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who will always take to their passions and a, a passion can be a work. This podcast is a passion. It can, it is also work. You know, the fact that none of us make any kind of money off of it is not really the point. The, I know you're making those fat mad checks from yeah. Block Talk. <laughs> that's, so all that scheduling I do just, just rakes in the dough. <laughs> There's no way you would do all that scheduling if you weren't, right? <laughs> no, of right. course not. No, no, of course that not. That wouldn't, wouldn't make you an insane man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just, but let, but, but those, but that contingent of people who once the government started giving them enough money to live so they wouldn't have to work and so they stopped, I, I just don't care. Go live your get, live your life. Do you'll you'll eventually f- figure out that doing drugs and you know and hanging out in the basement's no life for anybody. Mm. And, and maybe you won't, but I'm not interested anymore either. I, I have my own life to live. I have my own life to live, and I but I also see my father who has worked. He, he worked 12 hours a day, uh, six days a week. And on his seventh day, he went in and worked another eight, nine hours just, you know, because he was working on straight commissions, commission as a car salesman. Mm-hmm. And he's the type of man that would never take a base income. He would work. He worked his fingers to the bone as a coal truck driver, working in the parts department of, of a car dealership, of, of doing whatever he could do to make ends meet for his family. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that, but then, and, I, and, and it doesn't irk me, but it's just kind of like, you know, he works his butt off. He knows the value of a dollar. He knows what it means to, to, to earn something, to, to, to know, you know, how to work for something. So why shouldn't somebody else? It's not me. I don't care about me. I care about the people who actually have, who put in the time and who have, you know, who care about, you know, their family enough to, to go out and get that job. I guess you know I guess I, mean? I keep coming back to the same place, and we can end the, the discussion here before we drive Jesse crazy. I just don't care enough about other people to 
to be worried about that. I don't care about them. I care about my dad, my mom. You know what I mean? And the fact that, you know, at some point they could take a guaranteed income, but they won't. And that's and that's up to them. But I wouldn't. But why deny it to other people who would take it and need it? Or or the people that take it. I'm 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 not talking about the people who need it. You know, there are people Mm -hmm. who are going to need it. There are people who are unable to work who need that that guaranteed income, or if it were a real, if it were a thing, they need it. Hang on a second. Jesse, when you put this up, please put this up as uh, source material, red sun, and basic income guaranteed debate. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And and, and I'm not debating you. I I, I respect your your opinion on it and and what you think and and believe. Uh, I I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where we're not going to probably agree on on it. Um, But uh, I've I've gotten that distinct idea. (laughs) And that doesn't mean I like you any less or any more either. <laughs> Break the knob off. Break the knob off. But um I have I have family members who will fully would fully take care take advantage of that and then eventually put it into their veins. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working and I'm paying my taxes, and you're and not I'm, at a and you're not at a point where you just look at it and go, "Well, that's on you." No, okay, because that is my family member, and I want to see them get better. Okay, I, I've we are in two different places in this world. Yeah. All right, all right, We're here we go. Now. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm calling it quits here. With I, I've got one more question to ask. Okay? Oh boy, yeah, get ready. All right, because <laughs> really, what we've just sat here and discussed for the last 15 minutes was how much. Is it political in nature at all? (laughs) (laughs) How much it sucks for just two people on opposite ends of the spectrum to say how much it sucks, but you guys are having a good conversation. It's just, you guys can't, you can't, you can't come to, uh, I wouldn't say an agreement, but you can't, you can't say that one side is better than the other because Ronnie, you've got, you've got your opinion, Mark, you've got your opinion. Now, here we go. I absolutely think my side's better than his side. All right. Here we oh, go. Geez, this this <laughs> ties back into the story, okay? In the first in the first issue, I believe, maybe it was the second, I can't remember. But Superman is struggling with the fact that he there's a vacancy to fill after Stalin dies. All right. So my question to you, and if you want to, if you want to talk a little bit about it, you're more than welcome to. I just ask that you, you know, do your best to keep it summarized. But <laughs> uh, Ronnie, uh. put yourself in Superman's shoes. Uh huh. You don't want to, you know. He he didn't want to be a politicking guy. Hold on, he, I'm flying. He certainly, <laughs> he certainly has the power to do so. Mm-hmm. Would you make that decision to go and lead a nation? Oof. And make these <sighs> tough decisions for people. It would be tough to say no, but I would have to say no. Okay. All right. Because at no point nope. did I sign up when I did this to be a god or be anybody's <laughs> savior. At this point in, in, in at this juncture, uh, the way I'm thinking about it, I would have to say no. I, I don't know how 100% positively I would react in that situation because obviously it is a comic book and it will never happen. But I would have to say, I would think I would say no. Okay. Mark Radlich? Well, isn't that what heroes do? You know, the, you know, the, the, the reluctant hero is kind of an archetype. And I think that's how he starts out. It's the same thing in Injustice. You know, he, he doesn't want to become the, you know, the dictator of the universe, you know, but he sees that he, he, he is moved to, for, for whatever the reasons are to do good, to do better, to, to, fight, to fight wrongs. And so he does. There's, it's just he just gets out of control in both situations. Okay, and you still haven't answered my question, though. Would you do it? 
Probably. If you had the powers of Superman and you had the option to go into a, a political position of power to lead a large group of people and bestow upon your ideals amongst everybody that you rule over, would you do it? Oh, dude, if I could make Ronnie Adams just agree that we should have a basic <laughs> income county in this conversation, I would. The thing is, you're not going to make him do anything. You, But you have the opportunity to try and try and persuade people uh, by by taking this position or, or at least making them do what you want. You spent to the do. last hour trying to persuade each other to take the other position. Yes, no, if I could just, I never, if I could just make him, uh, Jesus Christ, if I could just make him, that would save me a lot of time. <laughs> I'd still be one of the people standing in the bread line shaking my fist in defiance. <laughs> oh, so Ronnie's Batman, Mark is Superman. This is great. This is great. All right. Okay. Well, that was that was a very great in-depth discussion. I love having I'm invul- materials. I'm an invulnerable about. alien. Well, meanwhile, Ronnie is a psycho with dead parents. Cool. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes it's been an insightful fun conversation right here on the source material this is probably one of the better in-depth discussions that we've had about a comic book really a plot (laughs) especially coming from a superman book so uh it's what's been interesting about this is that we've talked we haven't really talked a lot about the comic but the comic you know much like when we've done tv parties where the the source material itself no pun intended generated a general discussion uh over a, a number of different themes so i you know i good job jesse yeah well, hey you guys Yay, picked the book jesse. it was a, a lot of fun and good discussion mark miller i've i've called him mark millar like 90 percent of my life his, yeah, from what i understand his name is his name is pronounced mark miller is it uh, <laughs> I call him Marky Mark. We're close Marky like Mark, that. The funky bunch. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, he great doesn't discussion. like that joke. <laughs> great discussion. Uh, well, let's go ahead and start with Mark Radlich. Hashtag the schedule. Hashtag the will. Hashtag the stock. Let's let's hear what we got coming Dear up God. on Radlich and Broadcasting Network. Okay. If you're listening to this on YouTube, and really, why wouldn't you be? Then tomorrow on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network is Pinky and the Brain Volume 1 on TV Party Tonight with Alexis. And then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, is leaves his eyes. Metal Hammer of Doom leaves his eyes. Sign of the Dragon Head. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network, then just as soon as I'm done, you're going to hear a gag reel that's better than the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's mostly air horns. <laughs> and, and tomorrow night, uh, then tomorrow night on uh, the, the Rattle and Broadcasting Network is on trial. It's training day with another one of Sean's picks because it's <sighs> currently on Netflix. Sean picks on Netflix. And then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we've got Orphan Land Unsung. The following week, We'll be reviewing who is the Black Panther here on Source Material. Then we'll be reviewing the Black Panther movie, uh, Damn You Hollywood. And the Metal Hammer of Doom will be reviewing Philip, Philip H. Ensemble and the Illegals choosing mental illness as a virtue. And I've we heard f- that sucked already, believe it or not. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> um, and then we're going to close out the month of February, the month of love. I love okay, you. It's okay now. Yeah. Oh, Lamar, Uh-oh. what's the boy <laughs> supposed to do? <laughs> 
with Jesse Starcher. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, source material on yeah, exactly. <laughs> on February 26th is Aquaman Volume One: The Trench, and then Ronnie Adams and I will uh, be reviewing Black Sail Season Two on TV Party tonight. And finally, we close out. February on the Melhammer of Doom and Pirate Week, Pirate Week Part Two with Rum Ahoy, the triumph of piracy. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's the triumph of something. I don't know. <laughs> I got it. I read it. It's all right. It's all right. It's all day. Fuck all day. Fuck all night. Oh. Dear God, man. 20, 24 tracks on this Sign of the Dragon Head. Uh, apparently, half of them are instrumentals, though. Yeah, I cut those off the playlist. Okay. And they're about. Three minutes long piece. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, we done, Mark. Break the dub off. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want you want us to turn you loose so you go to bed? No, no, it's fine. Ronnie, All right, really quickly. Ronnie Adams. Don't, listen, don't waste a lot of time here, Ronnie. Just do your plugs really quick. Put him to sleep, Ronnie Adams. Put him in a sleeper hold. I, you I, have, no, I'll you do have, what I want. You have sixty <laughs> seconds, sir. I I have as much time as I want. I have a show called The Screaming Boy Podcast, and we talk about uh, pop culture, nerd culture, all that good stuff. And uh, we just dropped a couple episodes here recently. They were a lot of fun. Please go back and listen to them. Um, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and right here on the Radio Literature Broadcasting Network. Um, we've got a couple of things coming up, uh, some events in March. I will be going to North Carolina Comic Con in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I will have a chance to meet Kevin Eastman of Eastman and Laird of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the creators of the, of the Turtles. And uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And there's a whole lot. Of, there's always a lot of stuff going on in North Carolina Comic Con. Uh, in July, I know it's a little way off, but hey, if uh, Radulich can can schedule to 2030, I can go up to July. Uh, I will be headed off to Raleigh SuperCon, where I will have a chance to meet Mick Foley, uh, Trish Stratus, uh, Amy Joe Johnson, William Shatner. Dave Bautista and Sean Gunn, which is going to be a lot, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's one of the biggest uh, cons in the area. It, it uh, is also in Raleigh, North Carolina, Raleigh Supercon. Once again, I'm stepping out on a limb, doing something I've never done before, and I'm going to cosplay as a Ghostbuster. So I'm creating my whole costume on my own. Uh, I now have my ecto goggles done. And I'm working on my proton pack. Uh, I'm making it out of everything, everything you can find, everything to make it out of, you can find at the dollar store, most, most of it at least. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Other than that, uh, we've got some stuff planned coming up. Uh, I, I have been streaming on Xbox Live. Uh, I've been streaming on Twitch here recently. So come out and check us out on Twitch. It's usually me and Adam uh, and a uh, various guests that usually you know are on there with me, some friends, uh, Jeremy Steve, Nick, and Brian. So they're they're on there, and the, we just hang out and have a lot of fun on games like Call of Duty, Player Unknown, Battlegrounds, uh, Fortnite, Battle Royal. Uh, we're gonna get Jesse on there because he has Fortnite, and uh, we're gonna get him playing as well. That's gonna be a lot of fun. What was that? I think that was a, was that a sneeze? Oh, I coughed. Oh, bless you. I didn't know what it was. I thought somebody <laughs> stepped on a puppy. Um, <laughs> okay, but uh, so there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on there. On uh, the Twitch name, uh, my Twitch channel is SBP Ronnie. I'm also uh, involved in a campaign, a giving campaign called uh, Extra Life. So it's extra-life.org. Uh, just search my name, Ronnie Adams. It is through Children's Miracle Network. I'm taking out donations 
from now till November. And then I think it's November 3rd. I will be gaming for 24 hours straight and, and broadcasting the, that time. I'll probably be taking breaks in between, of course. But uh, so multiple games, different games going on there. And that's just, you know, to you know, raise this money. You know, I've got a goal of $500. If I meet that goal, I will raise that goal. Uh, to see if we can earn more money. So 100% of the profits go to Children's Miracle Network. Uh, my specific hospital that I picked out is Duke Children's Hospital here in North Carolina. Uh, so everything that I raise will go to Duke Children's Hospital. If you if you look it up on you know the Scream Boy podcast Facebook page, you'll see a couple of links there. If it's so, if you're so inclined, please do a dollar, five dollars, hundred dollars, whatever you want to give. It would is more than as uh, you know. Uh, is more than appreciated. Uh, if if you cannot give, or it's just something that you don't do, please hit the share button. Get it out to people who you know. Get out to other people. Get the word out. You know, see if we can raise some money for these kids. Yeah, it's, it's a great cause right there. It's tax time. People are getting refunds. Why not throw a little money yeah. towards a cause like that? That's a great and idea. It, and the other thing is that all of your donations are completely tax deductible. Boom! Look at that. Uh, all right. Did you cover your social media? Uh, Facebook, uh, Screaming Boy Podcast. Twitter, Screaming Boy PR, at Screaming Boy PR. Instagram, uh, it is a Screaming Boy Podcast. And uh, we don't really do Snapchat. So um, uh, I don't really give that out. And with that... <laughs> Break the knob off. Break the knob off. Fucking <laughs> shit. All right. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Rattlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer right here. Source material. We're coming up on episode 150 pretty soon on our Aquaman episode where we cover the trench, uh, which I'm, that may actually be our 150th episode. Maybe not. Maybe 151. I can't remember, but we will be having on a guest by the name of Cole Marantet. You've heard him on here in the past. If you've listened to most shows, check that out. Uh, great guest. And we'll, we'll be having a good discussion. One of his favorite characters favorite runs here recently is the new 52 Aquaman, so we want to have a good time talking about that. Uh, you can follow me at Stiznarkey on Twitter. I ask that you look at the time right now. Is it after 10 o'clock? Where are your children at? If they're on my lawn and they are toilet papering my bushes, I would please make and discuss with them that it is not safe. Jesse Starch is going to show you what he thinks about gun control if you're on his lawn. That's right. There you go. That's a, a, that is a recording of the last child that made their way on my property after 9 o'clock in the evening. Um, <laughs> yeah. Break <exactly>. the novel. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so you can follow me at Stiznarkey on Twitter. The Source Material Podcast is at Source Matcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight and, and, and indulging in our political conversation about Superman Red Sun. I look forward to our next episode. That's Ronnie Adams. That's Mark Rattles. Have a Ronnie Adams. Have a Ronnie Adams. I'm free. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. We chillin' Joe and brother here with the whole cool gang and all. They're rapping here, they're rapping there, but she's climbing off the wall. We are going to be, Ronnie's got the chips, and I can hear the chips. I'm taking a drink of 7-Up. Jesse, should we reserve the Luther book by Brian Azzarello for when Metropolis drops into you? I am going to (laughs) go insane on your face. (laughs) 
let's let's. I guess we'll have to table that discussion. I don't want Ronnie Adams. Okay. To, I don't want his head to explode. Wait, that's not going to have his door. Ronnie Adams is giving us an incoming video call. Me find. I'm not wearing a shirt. Your camera is off. Thank goodness. Superman's a commie. Go. <laughs> Shut up. Rapier. 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 Superman. <laughs> Superman may be his intellectual is superior. Is English what? not your first language? Shut up. Shut. Shut it. Hello. So, yeah. Sorry. No, that's my parents calling. They don't realize that I'm on a podcast. But uh, I, I, that's really. I'll show it, him yeah. casting those pods. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> mom. I'm trying to do. Come on, mom. Get up, mom. I'm trying to do the show. <laughs> Ma, five more minutes. I'm with Ma. my friends, mom. Ma. <laughs> Someone probably died, but all um, right then. Yeah, I, I'll get to it later. They'll, they'll still be dead. So anyway, um, let's talk. Let's talk about a comic book now. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's almost appropriate and not appropriate at the same time. Break the knob off. Yeah. <laughs> Break the knob off. You guys suck. You guys suck so bad. I bought. I, I received a gift of um, of a gift card for um, in trade stocks and, or in in stock, stock trades. trades. <laughs> Not a sponsor, it. clearly. Was it a gift? <laughs> Wait, let me ask the question. Was it a gift or a gift? <laughs> Shut up. Um, Got yourself a couple graphic novels. Break the novel. Generated a general. <laughs> Break the novel. Um, oh man! Um, I'll haunt my fucking dreams. I swear. <laughs> I'll wake up. You want to go off? No, it's fuck. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Why? All right. So anyway, Metalhammer. <laughs> <laughs> do that shit after a yawn. <laughs> I'm gonna play the voicemail for my parents while you do your while you do this. <laughs> I think you're using up your time for plugs, but Babylon. I think you're shut up. You're shut up. You're <laughs> shut up, Mark. <laughs> let's see, what do my parents have to say? It's 23 seconds. Let's let's hear it. A quick message from Mr. Radlich about your taxes. Now you left down your credit cards and blah, blah, blah. Does the tax consequence of that? Because forgiveness of debt over $600 is taxable. And you may be getting 1099 keys. Uh, give me a call. Let me know uh, what's going on. Bye. I would appreciate it if you guys would stop listening to my personal calls. And- <laughs> 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 